May I speak in the name of the living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do be seated. Uh, well, let me say again how good it is to be with you this morning and to be sharing in uh, worship with you uh, today. Uh, our Gospel reading, I'm going to concentrate my uh, reflections on our Gospel reading, uh, has Jesus six days before the Passover. Uh, and it's appropriate, of course, because we too are leading up to uh, our commemoration of Jesus's uh, crucifixion to the events of Holy Week and of Easter. Uh, Jesus is with a family. It's a rather nice way to think about Jesus. We don't do that so often. Jesus is with a family, with Martha and he is uh, at home with people who at a human level are close to him. And they have dinner together. Oh, what could be better than that? They have dinner. One imagines a rather nice, relaxed, uh, convivial gathering. Uh, and yet, and yet at this moment, the clouds are gathering. A bit like us in Lent. Maybe particularly Lent this year with all that surrounds us in the world. In our own domestic politics and economy. Uh, in uh, Europe divided again by war uh, and in a world where still so many, too many are suffering uh, often in places that seem to have gone out of our headlines but uh, the suffering uh, is still all too real. Now the clouds are gathering but here is Jesus having a meal with his friends. That's just a bit of preparation, a recognition of gearing up for all that is to come as we gear up our way towards keeping Holy Week. And Mary comes and she anoints Jesus with costly perfume, a perfume that's offered as incense on the altar in Jerusalem, a sense in this of recognizing the deity of Jesus, Jesus fully human, fully God, Recognizing that in uh, anointing him with this, uh, an acknowledgement of God's presence with them. Because Jesus is with them, God is with them. God is present in this place. Uh, and it is an act of overwhelming generosity. Uh, this is uh, expensive. This is lavish. It is great devotion in anticipation of Jesus' death on the cross and of his resurrection. It's a bit of a sense of anointing now before death because it won't be needed later. I mean, you could imagine with everything that's going on, and we might well do this ourselves with everything that's going on, people would be fearful. Uh, they wouldn't want to open this uh, particular perfume to anoint Jesus. They would be keeping things back. They would be saying, oh, we haven't got enough. We need to conserve what we have. But no, in lavish, in lavish abundance, Jesus is anointed. And it's an amazing act. It fills the whole room with the perfume, the smell of the perfume, the smell of the love of God. So much, so much, so generous, speaking even in difficult times of God's, of God's overwhelming generosity. 
But it's too much. It's too much for Judas. Judas is the one who is there counting the cost. 300 denarii. It's a fortune. Kind of more money than one can think about, really. Certainly more money than one would go uh, and spend a, a lot on. For me, it's a bit like, I, I quite like watches. And you, know, you, go and you, you go and look at, uh, at some of these luxury watches and you think, I could probably buy a house for that. Um, and they're nice to go and look at, but I'm certainly not going to spend the money on it because the watch I've got tells the time perfectly well. Uh, Judas is, I think, a bit like that. No, he said, it's a, it's a fortune. Why are we doing this? But even this, even this, even this extraordinary sum of money is nothing in comparison to what Jesus is doing for us, what Jesus will do on the cross and in the tomb and in the empty tomb. The poor you will always have with you, Jesus says, but you do not always have me. Jesus is certainly not saying do not ignore the poor. Indeed, <coughs> Jesus is quoting Old Testament law from Deuteronomy. The poor will never cease. Therefore, I command you, open wide your hand. Takes us again to Jesus on the cross. Jesus is stretched wide on the cross. Extravagant love. Overwhelming, extravagant love towards the poor. And it is to the poor that such extravagance belongs. But Jesus says, remember, you will not always have me here, not in this way. Jesus is to be betrayed. They're living in the shadow of the cross. But also because they are living in the presence of the risen Christ. There is something of that uh, kind of now and not yet here and not yet quite here there. We are to love even though the clouds are gathering. We are to be extravagant in worship and generous in service because we know the love, the extravagant generosity of God. Seems to me that that's quite an important thing to keep hold of in a time of vacancy in a, a parish. I don't really like that word vacancy, though it's a lot better than the word interregnum. Some of you may remember used to use the word interregnum. Interregnum means between two rulers. Uh, and clergy are many things, but the one thing that a vicar of parish is uh, not to be is a ruler. So, so that really doesn't do. Clergy bring people together, they enable, they lead in a Christ-like way. But then vacancy doesn't quite to do it for me either because vacancy uh, kind of has a sense uh, of um, absence about it, a sense of, of nothing happened, kind of vacuum about it. And I don't think that's right either. Uh, maybe, maybe we should, but maybe we should rename these times expectancy. Uh, we recognize the challenges. Uh, and so, uh, not least from uh, uh, talking with Archdeacon Hillary, who I know has been working really closely with you, that there is a recognition of the challenges, the challenges that are there that we have to take. Uh, challenges that are there for the whole church. But also alongside that, as we're reflecting about in these readings today, as Jesus is anointed today with, with this uh, ointment that costs so much money, 
there is a recognition of the overwhelming generosity of God. We come to this time, we come to this time not with a sense of scarcity, not with a sense of saying what we don't have, but recognizing the extraordinary generosity, the extraordinary abundance of God's love. Expectancy. Expectancy is, I think, how God calls us to live this time, as we will do over these coming two weeks that will take us to our Easter celebration, just two weeks today here in church. We're going to walk the way of the cross. Next Sunday we will hear the Passion Gospel reading. And then uh, in the days that follow, we will live that experience. Jesus in the upper room. Jesus betrayed. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Praying that this cup may be taken away. Jesus tried, condemned, nailed to the cross. Those extraordinary words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and it is finished, it is accomplished. Good Friday, a day, a day of victory, the victory of the cross, particularly as we read John's Gospel on Good Friday. And then on Easter morning we will celebrate the fact that the darkness is conquered. That love, the love of God in Jesus Christ triumphs over all. And this is how we are called to live, how we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So today, so today as we hear in the gospel reading of Jesus being anointed, anointed with uh, the most precious, the most extravagant amount of the most expensive oil, as we think of that perfume filling the whole of the house. And as we reflect on our own experience of a church and our experience as the world, let us remember and be confident in the extraordinary, extraordinary generosity of God. And let us come even to those dark things, knowing that God triumphs over the darkness, that God's love is abundance. And that is our starting point from which we have confidence, from which we have hope for all that is to come now and in eternity. Amen.